Welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Doug Barry and his presentation at the Catholic Men's Fellowship Conference in April 2011. And now, Doug Barry. Gentlemen, what are you and I doing now? In response to Our Lady, are we praying and making sacrifices for sinners? For ourselves? For our wives and children? If you are a priest, for your parishioners? What are we doing for souls? About six years ago, I'm going to jump to something quick here. I started something in my backyard in Lincoln. In the summertime, when I'm not traveling as much, I don't get booked as often in the summer, I started doing something. I saw a lot of young guys out there who just, you know, they didn't know what to do with their lives. And so some guy at the street said to me, hey, you know, I got some sons, a friend of mine, he says, I got some sons that, that kind of kind of wandering around in their early teen years, and they want to lift weights, they want to get strong. Could you help them? I said, yeah. So we set it up. Once a week, they come down to my house, and with my sons and his sons, and eventually more boys came, I'd teach them weightlifting. And then I'd teach them some basic self-defense moves from some martial arts I took when I, was, when I was younger. And we'd just talk about the faith, and we combined it. And they liked it, and it worked. And I said, you know what, guys? I'm going to put on a boot camp this summer. Two weeks. You come on out every day. We'll do two, three hours a day. We'll do push-ups, pull-ups, a whole nine yards. We'll make it like a boot camp for the Catholic faith. Sounds great, Mr. Barry. We had 27 boys show up that summer. And for two weeks, Monday through Friday, I put them through the drills. I'd get them all down in the push-up position, right down here in this position. i leave them there. Say, okay, someone call it out. Who's going to save your team? And if they didn't call it out, because men should call it out when they're challenged to call it out when it's something good. We're challenged to do something good. We should step up. If we don't, pansies. Cowards, what are we doing? Someone says, we need help here. We should say, you got it. What do you need? And so I said, who's going to save the team? If they don't call it out, you're all doing push-ups. So they learned real fast, someone better call it out. Okay, who's going to save the team? Oh, save the team. And then I give him a question. Tell me the Ten Commandments backwards from 10 to 1. If he doesn't get it, you're all suffering push-ups. If he gets it, you go over here and rest. The next group gets in. You know what they learned real fast? They were counting on each other to know the faith. If you don't know the faith, people under your care suffer. No different for us. As a husband and father, if I don't know the commandments, who's supposed to teach my kids the commandments? Me! Did father teach you the commandments at CCD class today, son? He did. Dad, I forgot the, what's the seventh? Uh, Let's go ask your mother. That's bad. That's wrong. I need to be the one. So gentlemen... If someone, if someone offered you $1,000 to stand up and recite all Ten Commandments backwards from 10 to 1, first the even numbers and then the odds, and do it in 30 seconds or less, could you do it? If they offered you a million dollars, could you do it? If they put a gun to your head, how about if they put a gun to your child's head? Because in a supernatural spiritual way, Satan has put a gun to the head of your child and mine and challenging us, what are you going to do? The kid doesn't even know the law of God and he's under your care. What are you doing about it? It's true. Who has more influence over our children than us? 
We think that it's their friends in the entertainment and so forth. And that's a lie because God did not design it that way. We have maybe allowed it to reach that point, but by God's design, I am their father. By God's design, my wife is their mother. God has designed it that I and my wife have the greatest influence over my children. What am I doing about it? Satan's got a gun to their head. And what am I doing about it? Am I teaching, mentoring, getting in there and fighting for them? What our Blessed Mother said, am I making sacrifices and praying for my children first even so that they don't end up in this place that Our Lady showed those children? The camp that I built and started, this Camp Gargano, was built with the idea of helping Catholic men grow physically, through some physical training, working out a bit, spiritually, and even in our understanding of the faith and what we need to be as men, as leaders. And so we started this camp, and we started it out of the idea of trying to raise Catholic men and and respond. It was our way of trying to sacrifice and pray in response to what Our Lady said there. This is the place where poor sinners go who have nobody to pray for them or make sacrifices for them. What are we really sacrificing for our faith? I'm not, I'm not bashing anybody here. But I really want to challenge all of us. Is it a real sacrifice to spend 15 to 20 minutes a day to pray this? And yet it is a struggle. I know. I don't pray it every day like I should. I pray it more often than I used to. But it takes 15 to 20 minutes and it's so incredibly powerful. How much of a sacrifice is it to stop and go before the Blessed Sacrament at a Catholic church for even two minutes? How many of us drive past a Catholic church on a regular basis every day maybe? And to pull in the parking lot even and just say, Lord, I got 30 seconds. I just want to tell you I love you and I'm out here and I want to pray for my wife and my kids. He knows our hearts. He sees what we do. What sacrifices are we making financially? You know, when it comes to finances, gentlemen, I'll be honest with you. I have been living financially month to month for 20 years now. When I started Radix, I, was, I had a job. I, had, I was making a, a bit of pay, not a lot. I was working at a high school. And I got put on the spot by the superintendent. Father called me and he said, Doug, you're very divided. You're doing this thing on the side, but you're working here and I'm, I'm seeing your mind is divided. What's going on? I said, well, Father, I'm not sure. I'm doing this ministry thing and I kind of think maybe God's prompted me and I don't know because I'm not really in tune with this sort of stuff very much. I hadn't tuned in very well. And he's like, well, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. I was, and finally I said, I think I got to try it. And he said, well, I need to know whether you're here or not. So I'll give you one month. And we're pregnant with our first child this time. This is right before I met that priest who challenged me with the holy water. And I'll give you one month. You let me know right now. You're either here or you're going to quit. I said, well, I think i got to go and try this. He said, you got one month and you're gone. So I walked out of there thinking, okay, what am I going to do? Well, I'll call my wife. Honey, guess what? I just quit. She's working in a mailroom in an insurance company, pregnant. And she hears her husband say, I just quit my job to do this religious thing. I do not recommend this for everybody. Especially when you have to go to the in-laws and explain why you quit your job. But my wife paused, and it felt like three minutes. It was like ten seconds. And she said, I guess we'll see what God does to take care of it. Am I a great man with great faith? No. I have worried and had anxiety for 20 years. I'm like anybody else. I struggle with that. But I am haunted, guys, in a good way, by the words of Our Lady. She showed them hell and said, this is where sinners go because people won't pray for them and make sacrifices. Well, gentlemen, there's so many people, so many of us. This room is more than 12 people. And yet 12 people is what Jesus started with to conquer the world for Christ. we got hundreds in here. What could we do? You know, Joseph Stalin from Russia, the old guy, you know, him, bad guy. 
Joseph Stalin was known to have starved to death between 30 and some say 50 million of his own people. And when the censor takers, the census takers came to him to tell him this is how many people are starving to death, he was angry by the number, so he had the census takers killed. This was Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin said, if I had 10 communists that were like St. Francis, I would conquer the world with communism. He saw the power of a man like St. Francis. You all know how tall St. Francis actually really was in life? Four foot eleven. That's what the poor Claire's told me down in Phoenix, Arizona. Franciscan, of course, at the heart. You know, poor Claire's from St. Clair, who was friends with St. Francis. St. Francis was four foot eleven. He was a frail guy. He couldn't even get into a battle physically very well to save his life. He was somewhat sickly. But has God not raised him up to be a warrior among warriors? What can we do to pray and make sacrifices for the poor souls that end up falling into hell? Our Lady is calling this army of men to wake up and pray and make sacrifices. So when we started the camp, we started the idea, and then we moved up, and then a guy stepped forward. He said, hey, I'd like to help you with this. What do you want to do? I said, I need a building and a piece of land. So 100 acres was bought and donated to me, to Radix. Radix is a 501c3 nonprofit group, just for those of you who might want to make a tax-deductible donation to us. But we started 100 acres. We built a 12,000-square-foot building. It's there 15 minutes outside of Lincoln. It's got a bunkhouse of 42 beds, an indoor obstacle course. We're building an outdoor one right now. We put on programs there. We're trying to get the word out about this so that guys like you out here can get a group together of men and boys and come out to Nebraska on a pilgrimage for a weekend or a week and let's train to be Catholic heroes. Not mediocre men, not go through the motion, clock in, clock out men, but let's train to be heroes of virtue. To do what Our Lady is calling. Rise up, pray and sacrifice for souls so they don't lose their soul and end up in hell. Starting with our families. So Mary went on in July 13th in that vision and she said this. This war, World War I, will end. But if man does not stop offending my son, there will be a second and much more terrible war. And it will happen during the reign of Pope Pius XII. Gentlemen, 20 years, World War II. By the end of World War II, the numbers vary a bit, but it's pretty darn sure. Near 60 million dead. 40 million civilian. So she's told us a war was coming, and it did. Jacinta, before she died, said that Our Lady told her that wars are allowed by God because of man's sin. You want to help the war in Libya right now? Middle East? War against terrorism. We want to help North Korea, Iran, defuse, de-arm so they don't want to blow up the world with nuclear weapons. You want to help? Convert. Deepen our faith. God pays attention to us. Didn't stop there. Holy Mother Church has approved Fatima. I will not speak of any apparition alleged that has not been approved by the church. There are some out there. I'm not against them. I don't know. I pay attention to what the church teaches and what the church acknowledges as being valid and supernatural and credible. Fatima stamp of approval. The next one I'll mention, Our Lady of America, 1953-56, right in there, in Ohio, Ohio, and Indiana. The Blessed Mother appeared to Sister Mary Ephraim. This has been acknowledged and accepted by authorities in the church, one of them being Cardinal Raymond Burke. I spoke to him about it in Oregon just a month ago, and he said, I reviewed the entire case, Doug. They asked me to review it. I gave a, a um, non-biased approach. I looked at everything, and everything in there seemed completely in line with the church. It was acknowledged by her spiritual director, who was the bishop of her time. And so he said, it's valid. Her message in general, one main point, 
America has the potential of leading the world and teaching the world and bringing the world back, get this, to purity. Isn't that interesting? I mean, you got Hollywood out there producing movies like crazy that are impure. You got the pornography industry, primarily out of Los Angeles, producing enormous trash. You got incredible acts of impurity going on in America. And yet, the Blessed Mother told us in the 1950s we have the potential of leading the world in purity. But she talked about the seriousness of the times and that the world was in grave danger, so to speak. The next one, 1973, Akita, Japan. 1973, Sister Sasagawa. Appeared three times to her. Sister Sasagawa was, was, was giving gifts and messages from Our Lady. One of those was there was a statue there, a wooden statue that bled, wept, and sweat 101 times. Scientists tested the blood, the sweat, and the tears, found it all to be human. This was from a wood statue three feet tall. When she appeared to Sister Sasagawa, she spoke of different things, but one of the key things was this. On October 13th, which coincidentally, or not so coincidentally, was the last day, the last date of the apparition in Fatima in 1917, where 70,000 plus people saw the miracle of the sun. October 13th, 1917. October 13th, 1973, Our Lady tells Sister Sasagawa, If man does not convert, fire will fall from the sky. Yeah, fire will fall from the sky. And a great multitude, I've heard it said that she may have even said two-thirds. Don't know about that one, but she did say at the very least, a great multitude of mankind will be annihilated. The good will die with the evil. It will be so devastating that the living will envy the dead. Fire will fall from the sky. Great multitude of mankind will be annihilated. The good will die with the bad, with the evil. It will be so devastating that the living will envy the dead. She said this in 1973 on October 13th. And as the church reviews and investigates very carefully these events, the individual who put the stamp of approval, speaking for the Vatican, on this apparition was a man who used to go by the name... Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, our current Holy Father, was the one who said, yes, stamp of approval, this apparition is supernatural and valid. 1980, in Cuapa, Nicaragua, the Blessed Mother appears to a man, he's a sacristan at the time, Bernardo, now he is Father Bernardo, still alive, appeared to him several times. One thing stands out that I will mention due to sake of time. Again, gentlemen, I'm not wanting to sound like a commercial, but I have a DVD called Stay on Mission. It is at the table. It is almost 60 minutes of these apparitions. The quotes are on the screen, the dates, the pictures. They're there to show you. This is nothing to be taken lightly. There's a reason why she is coming. And there's a reason why the church says this stuff is supernatural and valid. And I do not understand why we do not speak of it more. People say, well, you don't want to scare people into conversion. The Blessed Mother is the one saying it. Are we going to tell her she shouldn't be doing it this way? Are we going to say, Mother, you should be doing it a whole different way? Let's have a pizza party. That works. Let's do volleyball. That wins them over. That's not the way God always works, though. And so our Blessed Mother appeared in Quapa to Father Bernardo, now Father Bernardo. And the one thing that stands out is this. She said, because of the lack of conversion in the world, 1980, you, the world, are bringing upon yourselves a third world war. 
The last time she spoke of a war coming, it came. She doesn't put a time limit on this. I wouldn't dare to do that either. I do not want to stand here and sound like a doom and gloom type individual. These messages are haunting though. And I don't mean haunting in a negative, scary way. They're there. It's that constant prodding of that beautiful woman's voice saying, I'm coming to the world, pleading for your conversion. My son is already so greatly offended. God is not pleased with the way man is living. You must change or you will have to suffer the chastisements that God says will come. He's done this before. He flooded the world. Oh, he won't flood the world again. There's a number of other ways God could wake us up. He doesn't have to flood the earth again. The warning of fire falling from the sky is pretty... Pretty eye-opening, if you ask me. Showing the children a vision of hell in Fatima, a place where poor sinners go, nobody to pray or make sacrifices for them. Isn't it too bad Our Lady can't say, look how wonderful you are responding to my messages. Look how great it is that you're all waking up to this. But we don't hear that. The divorce rate is almost 70% on average now. One out of four teenagers are graduating from high school with an STD. Our Blessed Mother is coming to the world warning us over and over and over and over and over. And the church is saying this is all valid and approved. And many are still sleeping. Got our heads deep in a Christian sandbox. Some are running for the hills. I say no. I say we get in there. I say we be active. I say we must. For the very reason simply we have to stand before God one day and give an account. I have a business card type card, a little card at my table up here. I'm under the eight, by the way. I mentioned that. Under the eight on the back wall. These little cards say Age of the Prophets. And then a website, ageoftheprophets.com. I got tired of all the propaganda type movies that attack the church and make Christians look like a bunch of wimps and wusses. And so I'm making a movie. It's a low budget movie. I don't got a lot of money. I got very little, in fact. I, I have people who are donating their time across the board as actors. We're, we're getting some good actors and we're getting some okay actors, but we're putting a movie together. It's about Catholic heroics. It's about men, Catholic men, rising up in the face of an evil and responding because every age faces an evil. This is our catchphrase, and it's true. Every age faces an evil. Every age needs a hero. We are to be that hero in our age, our time. G.K. Chesterton said, great Catholic author, converted to Catholicism, by the way. He defended the Catholic faith enormously even before he converted. But he said this, great thinker. He said, mankind would have destroyed itself several times over if it were not for the Catholic Church. We are the only source, gentlemen, of order. We are the only source of true peace. We have the sacraments. We have the, we have the church. We have Holy, Holy Rome. We have, we have the papacy. We have the Blessed Mother. We have everything that is needed. We are the greatest defender of life, the greatest defender of marriage, the greatest defender of the dignity of every human being from conception until natural death is the Catholics. Nobody can stand on what we have. We have volumes written by the greatest minds that ever walked this earth, Augustine, Aquinas, and more, the greatest mystics, Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, and more, St. Therese, Blessed Mother Teresa. We have incredible writings that fill libraries with theology and, and, and amazing depth and mysticism of who we are in God's eyes. And we have the Blessed Mother who comes to the world repeatedly to say, respond and act. Start in your home. Go home tonight. Pray with your family like you've never prayed with them before. If you don't have any holy water, get yourself a water bottle. Find a priest. He'll take care of the rest. I gave a talk like this down in Texas. 60 guys in this room. 
And the priest was there, and he, in the middle of the talk, he got pumped up about the talk on holy water and the blessing. So he went to the guy at the parish, and he said, go give me some, bo- some bottles of water. They came back with bottles of water, and right there in front of all the guys, he blessed them, made them all holy water, and said, now take them home and doubt your family with them. Get going. Be men of prayer and men of action. But notice what's first is prayer. The saints will say it. Deep prayer first, then action. Deep prayer. Be before God. Be with God. And then act. Because that's the only way we're going to act correctly and right is when God is guiding that. In closing, gentlemen, I want to really emphasize these images, these messages of our Blessed Mother are not to be taken lightly. The church doesn't approve these things. Oh yeah, this is something you can think about. It's okay. The church says it's not necessary for salvation that we believe in them. That's like saying, you know what, the church, uh, you know, we obviously, no, we have to understand the doctrines of faith, and these are not doctrines of faith. But the church would not acknowledge them as being supernatural if they weren't real. And because of the weight of them, I think it's not maybe the smartest thing for us to ignore them. That's a nice way of saying it, guys. I think we're foolish if we, pay, if we don't pay attention to our Blessed Mother. But in closing, a couple of quick quotes from the Pope, Pope Benedict XVI. If you're taking notes, write this one down. It's also on the DVD under the eight right up there. And I encourage you guys, and trust me, I don't sell very many of these. Those of you who've come and purchased things for my table, thank you. You are feeding my family and helping me to go out and do this next week and next week and next week because this is how I make my living. Selling materials and stipends and donations. That's it. And that's not a pat on the back. That's not what I'm doing here. What I'm saying is thank you. When you purchase that and you donate, it allows me to keep doing this stuff because this stuff, we've got to do it. But I can tell you this, those DVDs don't sell fast because most people, they don't like this kind of message. This is kind of a tough one because you're talking about fire falling from the sky. That's a challenge. I mean, we don't hear this preached from the pulpit very much. I'm, not, I'm in no way trying to tell a priest what they need to preach, but I'm saying that we don't hear the talk about the apparitions very much. We don't hear it in, in our youth groups. We don't hear it in our men's conferences very often. And I don't know why. She's our lady. She's our mother. She loves us. She comes to the world. And one thing I just waited to say at the end here was this. She doesn't do this of her own power. Who showed the children the vision of hell? Mary? She doesn't have that power. She was the vehicle. God worked through her that day to reveal that image of hell. God is sending his mother here to warn us and call us to holiness to raise up an army of Catholic men like never seen before. So Pope Benedict XVI, March 12th, 2009. Search that. It's also quoted on the the DVD, but search it. Find it. It's a letter that he wrote explaining why he lifted the excommunication of four Lefebvre bishops. The Lefebvre's whole different issue, not going to discuss that. He wasn't acknowledging the Lefebvre's movement at all. No, He he says that. But in the letter... He says this, the job of Peter, the Pope, is to unite, is to shepherd. And he says, the problem in the world today, that always gets me. Remember the old quote, those of us old enough, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. When Pope Benedict talks, boy, we should be listening. The problem in the world today is that the presence of God is disappearing from the human horizon. The presence of God is disappearing from the human horizon. The Pope told us this two years ago. The presence of God is disappearing from the human horizon. And as the light, which is Christ, diminishes, mankind is responding with more destructive effects. 
as the light of Christ, the light which is Christ diminishes, mankind is responding with more destructive effects. It's upon us now. So what's our job? Don't let the presence of God disappear from the horizon in our corner of the world. In our family, in the workplace, conferences like this must go out into the world and take it to the world. Prayer and action. And the last quote is this. In 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 an address to the Roman Curia, and I was so blessed to be able to speak to Cardinal Burke, as I mentioned last month, I asked him about this. Because he was there. He's in the Roman Curia. And the, the Pope, December 20th, 2010, spoke to the Roman Curia about the times that we're living in. One of the things that he addressed was he spoke about a political scientist type guy from the time of Napoleon. And this man stated, the only way that democracies or constitutions work is when there is a moral consensus. We're all on the same page, in other words, morally, for the right reasons, right? And the Pope makes this statement, we do not have a moral consensus in our world today. Therefore, he said, the future of the world is at stake. The future of the world is at stake. Pope Benedict XVI, December 20th, 2010. I asked the cardinal about that. What did you take? What, how did you take that? What did you think? And he just put his head down. He shook his head. He said, it's a tough time. We got to act. So gentlemen, in closing, I will say, our Blessed Mother has said, the time is now. She has come to us five times in the last 100 years that the church has approved and said, change or else the consequences are serious. On a personal level, we may not live to see any massive chastisement, but I think we're already seeing already before us with the divorce rate, the abortion, the contraception, the attack on Christianity every day in the media. Gay marriage on the rise. States battling this. I just got a notation yesterday from a Catholic organization. Got it on my cell phone in the airport. Great way we can communicate, right? Get our emails on the phone. And you know what it said in there? It said that there's a law in Virginia they're trying to pass forcing all adoption agencies, including Christian ones, that they have to submit and allow a child to be put in a home with same-sex parents or else they violate the law. They could be shut down or put in jail. This is just getting started, guys. It's going to keep going unless we do something. Now, are we going to turn things around? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But the most important thing is that we take care of those that God has entrusted into our care, and then we take it from there out into the world, and we take as many souls with us as we possibly can. Don't lay your sword down on the battlefield and walk away. Don't fall into fat, happy, and lazy faith. There are far too many people at stake, our souls and the souls of those God entrusted into our care. God bless you, gentlemen. Thank you for letting me be with you today. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For a copy of this program on Compact Disc, call 330-966-2903 or send an email to orders at livingbreadradio.com and reference the program broadcast date. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.